arriving at an important moment for our community and some big decisions are ahead in the near future. What this community is going to look like, what happens with things like salmon and our streams and farming and how those relate. Welcome back. This is The Farming Show on KGMI News Talk 790. I'm your host, Dylan Honkoop, and I work with Whatcom Family Farmers. And we've been kind of digging into this issue of late, how farming and fish are connected and how important that is to the future of both in our community. Joining me right now is our Whatcom Family Farmers Executive Director, Fred Lickle. Welcome to the program this morning, Fred. Fish and farms, and it's something that this organization that you lead has been talking about since before I joined the team. Absolutely. But now more than ever, this is really important. And what's changing? What are you finding what what does this community need to know right now at this moment where we have a huge opportunity? Well, and first of all, thanks for having me again, Dylan. I really yeah. appreciate it. Um, you know, it's been an interesting last couple of years for me. I've got to spend an awful lot of time meeting not just with farmers, but also meeting with folks involved in natural resources. And it's always good to really get educated on what's happening with our farms as well as with our natural resources. And you know, we always hear how fish are declining, but they really it really has been a, a very perilous decline. And mm. so it's been really interesting to dive into the why behind that. Um, and, and trying to see not just why are fish declining, but where do farms play a part in that, in, in, in our role here at Walking Family Farmers. And it has been really surprising and enlightening to me to see not just how much salmon have declined, but also how much farms have declined as well and how much those things are linked. Mm. So that's why we're, we're spending significant time lately really diving into that and discussing that. So they're linked. What, uh, how? And, and, and what does that mean? Well, yeah, if, if you look at really where the causes of, of where salmon are going down, you can point, we pointed in the past to things like predation, which is obviously a big thing. We have harbor seals that are eating, you know, in excess of 80% of the, the smolts, the baby fish, in mm-hmm. essence, in, in the sound. And, you know, we have things like loss of habitat. But when you look at it, there's really, you know, a fair number of fish still out there, those baby smolts out there. Um, what's really happening to them when you look at, uh, their, their body compositions and what's going mm-hmm. on. And what you're seeing is an amazing amount of pollution. Mm. And as you look at a lot of the, the data behind this, a lot of that pollution is related to what comes from urban areas. It is urban sources, what happens to it. Um, and where are the areas where you see the least amount of that problem coming up? It's in areas where there are farms. It is in the, it is in the rural areas where the fish are doing the best. And so we started saying, what is the link there? And likewise, what are the threats there? And that's where you start diving into, boy, there are some big threats to salmon that are not just related to that pollution, but also related to the loss of farms. That's a, you know, that's a really critical issue. So you're saying that urban areas are what are not good for fish. Absolutely. You know, some of the highest levels of contaminants come from there. Um, 
it, it's amazing the, the amount of, of contaminants that come in there. And I, I don't know how many people follow those stories, but you've seen stories on TV where they'll put fish in water that's coming straight off a of pavement, and these these fish can die within just a couple of minutes' time. Um, there's no doubt that um, the urban areas, the, the water runs off immediately. It picks up these toxins that come from from farms, or not sorry, from farms, from streets and other areas like that, and it runs directly in, and it creates some huge problems for the fish. We talked with uh, Dr. Jen McIntyre about this issue Correct. specifically here on this show back in 2018, um, and she studied this extensively, how this urban pollution is just squelching the life out of some of these salmon runs. But it, what, what does that mean for us here in Wycom County and in the Nooksack Basin? I mean, a lot of the Nooksack Basin is not urban, right? That is correct. And what you see that's interesting in the Nooksack is they don't have as many problems with toxins. And so how can we in, look at that and say, so what do we need to do to make sure that we don't lose that salmon run in the, in the Nooksack or in the Skagit or places like that that are more pristine um, and what we're finding is that uh, what we need to be really looking at is what can farms do to provide that, that benefit. Then you start diving into the challenges creating to, get, to look at farming and what the challenge is there mm. as it relates to urbanization. And it's scary uh, what has actually happened to farms and what, is going to, what could be happening to farms if we continue down this path. So what can we do to protect farms so that we're also protecting fish is going to be something that we really need to look at closely in our community. So how explain that. How does protecting farms protect fish? And I think you've kind of explained it here, but I want you to pull this together so we can really see this clearly, what, what, what the, the issue is here. Well, what you're going to see with farms, obviously, is uh, you've got land, soil there, that is acting as a buffer to a lot of these other contaminants. So the, the water coming off of it is a lot cleaner. Contaminants um, from Contaminants pavement. from pavement. Uh, contaminants from, from what we would refer to as urbanization. Mm. Um, and that obviously provides a huge benefit there. But it all, there's also other benefits as well. As well. What we get into at Whatcom Family Farmers is you look at the astounding amount of trees that have been planted alongside streams um, that are providing shade to really help with water temperature. So many of these things that can happen in farmland that can't happen so much in urban areas. Mm. Uh, so farms can provide huge amounts of benefits, but farms have to be there in order to do that. And that's what we want to make certain that we're also pushing forward is this, that our farms are also in peril in this. It's not just the fish. So the concern is if the farms go away, that would be bad for the fish. Yes. I, I would say that could very easily mean both the end of farms and fish. If, if farms go away, it's, really? it, you could very easily mm -hmm. lose your salmon populations as well. Um, I think most people don't realize that right now the Nooksack's uh, habitat is actually underutilized. We could actually have more fish in there. In part, that's because we have a lot of farms. We have a lot of rural area there. So there's a potential for us to grow and, and have more fish there. But if our farms go away, that isn't going to be the case. And if you compare the Nooksack or the Skagit River to rivers further south, like the Duwamish and others, um, the amount of salmon that are in there are much lower, and the amount of contaminants that are in the salmon are much, much higher in those mm -hmm. urban areas than they are here. So 
So what it, can we do to protect yeah. what we have left? It's yeah, and it sounds to me like we need to come together as a community to protect both because we obviously we know we need fish in our streams and we you know with the decline in salmon that's something that needs to be turned around but we also need to protect farms to be able to to stay where they are because if they go away you're saying urbanization follows which is, is something that we've talked about multiple times on this program yes that is correct and i think it's a there are, in some people's minds, this idea that we have to choose between fish and farms, that our resources are limited. And so we need to choose one of the other guys, fish or farms, because we only have enough water. We only have enough mm-hmm. land for either of those two. Um, what we're saying here is that if farms go away, it will turn to urban urbanization. So you're saying that either or is not true. That is right. Either or is not true. That is a false choice. Um, Farming is actually going to be the best thing for helping to protect fish. It is going to provide that buffer. And if the farms aren't there, we know that buildings will follow. We know that pavement will follow. That is what has happened throughout history, really, if you look at it. I know some people will say, well, hold on, farming is the best. Well, what about wild lands and unrestricted rivers? And isn't that the best thing for fish? Well, it it might be, but how are we going to return it to that? There is this reality that we live in an area where our population is increasing radically all along. Mm -hmm. And we live in an area that is developed and we're not going to be able to turn that around. You just don't turn that around magically. Um, the best thing that we can do is work at protecting the farms that also provide food and habitat. Is there is there a risk in turning land to that? As I'm thinking about it here, if, if land is no longer farmed and say someone has the high ideal of trying to, you know, return it to the wild or some, you know, pie in the sky kind of idea... That's actually, in some ways, kind of a risk because the land is just sitting there and someone could come along and, and develop it a lot more easily it's, than if the land's being used for farming. Exactly. And there's a really great report that came out in this past year from a, a group called the American Farmland Trust that talks about what happens to la- farmland when it turns into, in essence, non-farmland. And it, mm. and it talks about how land is more likely to be developed when it moves out of that range of land into what they call a low-density development land. And um, low-density residential is what they refer to it as, is LDR. And across the United States, land that turns into that, so land that, for instance, has been made into a five-acre lot instead of Mm -hmm. it being part of an 80-acre or 160-acre chunk, that land in, in the United States is 20 times more likely to be developed into you know, much smaller lots, much more pavement. But in Washington state, that number goes up to 71 times more likely to be developed. So it means that if if we think that if we continue to make these lots out there um, and continue to parcel up the land and turn it into non-farm land, if we think that it is going to be turned into wild land, we are fooling ourselves. It becomes development. And, it, and that's totally understandable for the person who owns that. Mm-hmm. If you're not able to farm it, if you're not able to make money off of farming it, of course you're going to turn it into development because development what costs are, yeah, are, are extremely high. You're going to sit on that land for nothing or are you going to turn it into development? Fred Lickle, executive director of Whatcom Family Farmers, is with us this morning here on The Farming Show. 
Fred, you talk about, well, we, we need to obviously um, protect fish and, and those runs from going away. We need to do what we can as a community to help restore those. But you're saying protecting farms from going away is important to that. So we still have farms, like you just explained, to kind of stand in the gap. Uh, so development doesn't come into those lands and it provides the opportunity for further work to, you know, improve habitat and, you know, prevent pollution from urban areas. But what's, what is the threat to farms right now? Then why, why would we, I mean, is there a real reason why farms would leave that land in any sort of rapid you know, um, exodus from, from the land of Whatcom County. What's the real threat here? Why, why are we worried about that, the, the protecting farms part? Absolutely. There, there are multiple threats. Of course, you know, one of, the, one of the biggest ones that we really can only barely touch on today is the idea that our land costs are so high because of the pressures of development that it becomes very difficult to farm it economically. So clearly that is an issue with, with land prices. But one of the biggest ones that is creating the most uncertainty for farmers right now is the issues with sur surrounding water rights and water access. That um, we have been dealing for many years here in Whatcom County with the challenges surrounding antiquated water rights uh, rules. And farmers were made promises that they would get water rights, and they didn't. And a lot of it is based on old laws, again, that we've discussed here in the past. But the challenge we have is that probably, um, uh, probably half of our farmers have some sort of issue related to, do I have legal access to water? That doesn't mean that 50% of, of the land isn't, doesn't necessarily mm -hmm. have water. It means that 50% of the farms, if things, if things have changed and people have purchased things, because we had this patchwork of who had water and who didn't, they, they may not have water on certain pieces of ground. They also don't have the ability very easily to move it from one piece of ground to another because of these antiquated water laws. Mm -hmm. They also can lose water because of antiquated water laws. And it's created this patchwork of real challenge there. Now, unfortunately, it appears that our state is, is leaning towards doing a process what's known as adjudication, where they would look at all the water rights within the, the area and turn it over to lawyers and the court system to determine who has water and who doesn't. And we know that most likely the tribes will get senior water rights to that, and we have no idea what that's going to look like. Does that mean that they get all the water? Does that mean they get some of the water? Uh, this it's all up to a, a judge. It's all up to a judge, and it's all up to a legal system. And anybody who doesn't have water, instead of it being a community decision, uh, it leaves some people completely out. And what that creates for farmers is a tremendous amount of uncertainty. You know, the, water is the lifeblood of what you're going to do for your farm. If you don't mm. have water in most areas, you could be sunk. If you're farming raspberries and you need... You're going to need water out there. You're going to need potatoes. You're going to need to have water. You just can't go without that. Um, some of these other crops as well. So if you don't have certainty, uh, what does that mean for the future for you? Are you going to build for the future? Are you going to send, you know, sell this or give this to your son and daughter to farm? Or are you going to say, maybe I need to look at a way out of this thing? And the most likely way out is oftentimes development. Hmm. That's going to be the one that's going to be the most likely to get you set up to go someplace else where you have some certainty. So we're in a really uh, challenging time right now, and in many ways heading towards a crisis, towards mm. what are we going to do to save our farms, and what are we going to do to save our fish? And we both have this threat of 
an urban population that keeps coming in and squeezing and squeezing and and we need to start working on how we're going to allocate our water best for all these resources. So what you're saying is this legal process that the state is starting or talking about doing with water could spell potentially spell the end for a lot of farms. It would accelerate depending on how it Yes, it would accelerate a process where, look, we've already lost since 1950 60% of the land in the Puget Sound. Farmland. 60% of our farmland has okay. gone to urbanization. Uh, Whatcom County has maybe held on to that a little bit more. But we have this really, everybody who deals with farming know it's a really economically a challenging place to be. Well, if all of a sudden you have this uncertainty surrounding water and you have these pressures of, of urbanization of the potential of developing it, you could see farmland disappearing much, fa- much faster than what it is right now. And that ultimately leaves the fish with urbanization coming that much closer that, and the pollution that comes with it. That is correct. And mm. if we're going to work on saving our fish, we also have to work on saving our farms. And I, I would hope that the public out there as a whole wants to see this and go, how can we do this together? The encouraging part is we have the resources to deal with this. Um, you know, one of the nice parts about the Pacific Northwest is it's not like we don't have enough water. We need to learn how to manage it properly. Uh, it, it, it sounds like it's time for the whole community to come together and figure this out together rather than going to courts, which is almost always what I think the solution should be. Yes. A community, you know, sharing as a community with what it is that we want for a future is something that absolutely has to be done. And we're, we're really hoping that we can start to get the community together to discuss these things, to come up with solutions that the whole community buys into, not things that are decided by courts and bureaucrats and judges and lawyers. Um, that's not going to be an answer to anybody. Okay. Fred Lickle, uh, I'm, I imagine we're going to be hearing more about this in, in the near future as this situation unfolds, because it does sound like we're at kind of a crossroads here as a community to figure out how we're going to deal with this. And is this going to go down this road of lawyering up? And it sounds from what I've heard, this process could take a really long time, as in multiple decades. What happens in the meantime, if everybody's got lawyers and everything's in court? Um, what happens to the, you know, habitat restoration projects that farmers and so many other community partners have been involved with, if that's ongoing and people are, you know, only talking through lawyers, it's kind of scary to think about what would, what that would mean for fish as well as for the future of farming in our community. So, um, again, I think we're going to be talking a lot more about this, uh, and, and finding solutions rather than what sounds like a pretty um, un, unhealthy process that is about to start now. And, and if we can change course and go a different direction as a community, it sounds like that would be a much better outcome for fish and for farming, if I'm understanding you correctly. Yes, absolutely, Dylan. That is what we need. We need to have a healthy process in place. Um, they did this process, this adjudication process in, in Yakima, and it took 42 years to get this done. Hmm. We don't have 42 years to fix our fish and our farms. Uh, and, and that process was a lot less complicated than what would happen in Whatcom County because hmm. it only dealt with surface water. Here we have wells, ground, well, groundwater, and surface water, and all these things. Um, this, is not, this is not the direction that we want to go. 
the direction we want to go is how is it that we are going to save our resources? How are we going to save our fish? Um, do we want to try and let the legal system fix it? Um, or do we want to try and get the community to fix it? And the community has been successful in the past in things like water quality. Mm -hmm. uh, we did a lot of really good things to, to move our water quality in a good direction. And we're really hoping that we put ourselves in a place now where we're going to put our, our fish in that same place mm. and that we're going to fix this all together. Fred Lickle, Executive Director, Whatcom Family Farmers, thanks for your time this morning. Thank you, Don.